Hello, listeners, and welcome to a uh, uh, a late edition of uh, of Edgeguard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. I'm here. Jordan is here. Uh, I'm Blake. At if last, you, if you don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> We've been uh, a little bit inconsistent lately, but life has been uh, a wild roller coaster ride. Uh, so we're and hoping. Not the good kind. What was that? I said it not the good kind. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, not necessarily the bad kind. It's <laughs> just, <laughs> just sort just of a, a roller coaster. Hectic. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we're hoping to, starting now, do consistently every other week. Uh, but it has just so happened that the last two times every other week has landed on a week <laughs> where we are extremely busy. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, uh, sorry, apologies about that, but we're going to be better going forward. And speaking of the future. Oh, nice segue. Here's a game that we played is called Dear Future. Uh, and it is by uh, Dear Future. Uh, what is it? What do they say? Dear Future Production Committee yeah. <laughs> is the is the itch name. Uh, it's just a group of developers. I'm going to guess student yeah. developers, maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm yeah. It's uh Kevin Wong, Alan Jang, Sihao Zhu. Uh there were a the bunch third, of names. The three those are the three ones in the credits that they those same names appear multiple times in the credits. Yeah, so I think there were a few the, more that only happened one or two people. times though. Um those the, so yeah, I think those three are the sort of core team. But yeah, this this seems to be their first uh thing. I don't know. I think your theory that there's uh game design students is plausible yeah that's the that's the vibe i get but i don't know man but who knows who who can say really not i um but yeah so this this is a game it's it's uh it's it's an interesting game so uh i'll just read the pitch on itch.io it says is a multiplayer wandering game where you photograph a cryptic city using an inherited camera Working collectively with every other player in the world, you must document the ruined land of your predecessors and lift an ancient curse. Uh, so how that uh, manifests in the game uh, is that uh, you're walking around in first person with uh, a camera and you're just walking around these sort of like destroyed sort of post-apocalyptic looking cityscapes. Uh, and there, mm. there are some other mechanics but you're basically walking around taking pictures. Um, and there's a, there's a timer as well, which we'll get into the sort of uh, justification behind the timer and uh, our feelings about yeah. it. But there, there's a timer. Uh, the idea is that you've, is it that you've gone back in time? Is that what's happening? Or you're just like, you can only stay in this place for a certain um, no, amount of time because it's, it's like you, radioactive. So you're a descendant of this. It's not clear what the, the nature of the curse is, but it's described as a curse. So mm. there's some reason why you are unable to stay for more than, uh, I guess, 12 hours on this island. And right. so come sunset, uh, they, you leave the island and a different traveler traveler comes. But the it's it's... I, the implication seems to be that you're a descendant of the people who, of the survivors from whatever catastrophe happened here and some curse uh, surrounding the city uh, is still, I guess you inherited that curse and so you can't stay in the city for very long. That was the, uh, that was my reading on it. But right. basically for narrative reasons, you have to leave at sunset. <laughs> right. 
and so that's where uh, the another mechanic uh, comes in, which is that at the end of your day, um, you pick one of the photos of the photos you've taken throughout that day, and then that photo will get passed on to another player who picks up the game, uh, and mm-hmm. the game ends. Uh, however, you could just start it back up, and in fact, you'll start back up in the place where you left off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's uh, maybe we could talk about that mechanic <laughs> uh, a little later. Um, but as as sort of an elevator pitch, that seems like a cool way of like, oh, sort of uh, the the game is very cryptic. It doesn't really tell you a lot about itself um, from the perspective of sort of like narrative. Uh, you're mm-hmm. piecing a lot of that together on your own. Um, I would say even from the perspective of mechanics, it's pretty cryptic. Really? I mean, there's that whole big tutorial that kind of tells you how to use well, everything. No, no, I mean the the subway station. Oh, like, I, oh I, I sure. Would not, there is no possibility I would have found that if you had not told me about it. Right, right. Um, so there, there are some other, I will say that this world is full of mystery and the game has some systems to try and communicate with other players Uh, Mm -hmm. to help them figure stuff out. So you have uh, basically like the Dark Souls messaging system. Yeah, exactly the same. Like it was uh, clearly inspired by it because it's got the same format where you can do like, you you pick a sentence format like blank ahead or Uh great blank. Uh And then then you can pick a word to to stick in it. And it has the same sort of like... um, like it always reminds me of just the way that like uh like proc gen text sounds sure sort sure of this, this like goofy randomness to it um but yeah the so you can leave messages that other p- players will see when they um uh, when they go past the same spot in their world and then also um another way you interact with players is uh um there's like broken bridges and in some cases ladders that you can fix and when you fix them they are fixed uh yeah for what, whatever other player encounters that so so that's another um sort of like narrative mechanic thing is you have your the camera you have is magical and it can uh it can see things that existed in a different time and restore mm-hmm. them and so yes. the concept being that you walk up to the the remnants of a broken bridge but if you look through the viewfinder of the camera, you can see what the bridge looked like when it was constructed. And if you take a picture, then the bridge will sort of reconstruct itself and it'll have a little signpost with your player character name, which you put in at the start of mm-hmm. your day. Um, and so other people, you know, you're helping other people out. Um, so yeah, you basically wander around these big empty destroyed cities and, try and find uh, artifacts, which uh, is another thing that's explained in the tutorial is that there are artifacts uh, and that finding them is the key to sort of completing the game, I guess. Yeah, so, based on the, the elevator pitch for the game on the itch page, I'm guess it says you need to work with other players to lift the curse. Uh-huh. I'm assuming that when all the artifacts are found, uh, the curse is lifted. I don't know if that will unlock yeah. some new new game content or something, but that would be exciting. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, uh, based on a little bit of talking that you and I did before, I'm like, what if you and I finish this game? Dude, Jordan? seriously, I think it'd be, <laughs> I think it'd be super cool. It's um, uh, yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a follow up episode if we are the if we're the two to unlock it. Yeah, but, if we're the um, prodigal sons. Yeah, so we we were we were talking about it a little bit. Um, so yeah, like like Blake said, there's this game ha- is very uh, kind of cryptic, and I would even 
goes so far to seem kind of like stone faced. Like it really right. kind of doesn't tell you um, some very big aspects about. Uh huh. Uh, not very many, but the ones that it doesn't tell you are, are really big. Yeah, they're very. <laughs> I guess consequential uh, there, there are several things that neither of us without us talking to one another, uh, because basically Jordan was like, what do you even do in this game? I haven't done anything. And I was like, well, here's some (laughs) things you can do. And then Jordan played for two more hours and found out more than I know. So, um, Uh. you know, it's the, the collaboration, honestly, it's that concept is very cool. Um, I think, yeah, I think in execution, there's maybe some missteps or maybe not even Mm -hmm. missteps, but limitations, um, that the game has, but I will say, uh, on, on its face, it reminds me a lot of, uh, Fez. Are you, uh, uh, familiar with the game Fez? Yeah. Yeah. I never actually played it, but yeah, I'm familiar with the sort of like, um, almost ARG aspect to it. Like, yeah. So Fez was one of those things like community problem solving in order to right to figure something out yeah so fez was one of those things that was like if you were there in the moment it was like top five gaming moments of all time uh just like being there when the game came out and like checking in on the forums as people figured stuff out and like uh or i guess i don't know forums just looking online to try and see if people had figured out the next thing uh it was it was amazing i was you know 16 or something uh when it when it came out and it was, it was really cool. Cause you know, you, that game on its face is a very simple game. And then it's sort of, uh, it, I guess it's different than this game in that way. And that it doesn't tell you at all that there's other stuff going on. You just see a lot of stuff that you're like, what, what is that? What is this text <laughs> that I can't read? Um, and then eventually if you're paying a lot of attention or if you uh, have someone online give you a hint, then um, <laughs> then you can uh, sort of piece together uh, a lot of other information. And that was a really cool experience to be a part of that. And so to have this game sort of be built around that and have like uh, the communication with other players kind of built into mm-hmm. the game, I think is a is a cool sort of uh, riff on, on the concept of like... Uh, yeah, you know, because because technically like, like Fez just has a bunch of secrets solving or something. Yeah, yeah. Technically, Fez just has a bunch of like cryptic secrets that theoretically someone could figure out on their own. Whereas this game seems a little bit more interested in uh, like getting people to work together by building those systems into the game. And I think mm. I think that's really cool. Whether or not it's totally successful, yeah, I I have some thoughts um, that there that uh, we can talk about. Um, uh, in a bit, but, but yeah, the, the, so I would say that the, the, the it has a few ways that it, it tries to make it. So it, it, it's clearly designed so that the sort of overarching puzzle of finding all these artifacts, um, is supposed to be, uh, if not impossible, at least like, um, prohibitively difficult for one uh-huh. person to do alone. Um, right. Uh, and I think this sort of speaks to the, the sort of execution, um, uh, issue you're talking about but basically mm-hmm. how they do it is the the world is just freaking huge right. so there's like there's like 10 of these little islands mm-hmm. um that uh have um very very similar but slightly different um they each have like a, a few little structures that aren't on any of the other islands um uh and there's one artifact on each of the each of the islands 
And I mean, you could it would probably take you an hour to walk past every um, uh, every building on like every neighborhood on on an island. And that Mm. is uh, that is assuming you don't get lost and accidentally uh, double back, which is totally at risk. uh, Yeah. And and also uh, not uh, accounting for the fact that every 15 or minutes or so the game is going to quote unquote end and shut down yes. on you. Yes. Um, <laughs> which yes. that, uh, that mechanic to me feels like it's at odds with the rest of the game. Well, yeah. So, or, I see, or I, that, or that, I thought that was, Oh God. Or that the execution of it is such that it puts it at odds with the rest of the game. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like the intention of that, uh, if I if I just sort of like think about what I think the intention of it would be, would be to say, okay, each player plays one day, uh, and that's it, and whatever they leave behind uh, yeah. is what helps the other players. But I would say the like grand overarching mystery of the game really makes it seem like that's not what you should do exactly like they've they yeah I, that is how i would put it as well that they've got this this sort of really tantalizing uh mystery and it it i actually did you know as you mentioned i played it for two additional hours after you you told me some key information uh-huh. and it did um it did sort of give me that that sort of feeling that you were describing with fez where you like you know you you want to see uh you know you want the answer mm-hmm. and um that's definitely at odds with the, the 20 minute cap because it's like uh, the, the mechanically the game wants you to it, it sort of seems to be built around this fantasy of like, you know, thousands and thousands of players each playing for 15 minutes. And when you right. add those 15 minutes together from everyone, you, mm-hmm. you solve the puzzle when I think the actual gameplay is, you know, a few dozen or hundred people who play it very intensively my guess would be even fewer than that my my guess based on the amount of itch comments would be uh we are of uh you know uh, a handful of people that have uh, played it uh for more than a you know one or two yeah yes i think yeah i was i was guess you know a few dozen total um so i think that the that's just to say that i think that the the sort of time limit thing it might work um I, I agree that it's a little kind of at odds with the narrative, but it might work better if, you know, this wasn't an indie game. Right. Uh, on right. When, like if there were a hundred thousand, you know, 10,000 players or something. Right. Um, right. That, that would, uh, you know, not weigh so heavily on, well, on, on the individual player. I think here's, here's my question to you. How would you feel if, um, at the end of your 20 minutes, when you restarted, you were, in a random location uh, because as it stands now, when you reload the game, you will be wherever you were at the end of your last day. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what really made it feel like, why is this mechanic here? If I'm just coming back in oh, and sure. I'm, and I'm just in the same s- spot that I just was, then really it's like all that happened is I had to close the game, restart it and go through the tutorial again. Uh, yeah. Whereas if you were put in another place, uh, my feeling was that, okay, while I'm in a place, I have a limited time to try and 
branch out and leave messages and leave little clues of like things I'm trying to find or try and pick yeah. up on someone else's like breadcrumb crumb trail so mm-hmm. that like slowly over the course of doing a bunch of loops, you know, we're building out more information of every mm-hmm. little corner mm-hmm. of the world. Cause it is really big. And uh, so, so that, that was, that was something I thought about. I was like, I wonder how, how different that would make it feel. And if it would, it would, if it may, would make it feel a little bit less at odds. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. The way I mean, you know, that actually reminds me a little bit of another game we play in the podcast, one hour, one life. Right. Which is to say, you know, you could imagine a game that does for sort of, a, um, an, a puzzle, what one hour, one life does for like a uh, city building sandbox where where the this sort of premise is you know you the object of the game is by design larger than you can possibly contribute right. to in a single playthrough so you right. want to so your goal becomes not to do the big things but to try to really tactically do the little things right um, and, and to so con- you contribute uh just you know sort of build up a little bit more on what other people have laid yeah. down and you could even imagine it being like where you'll you'll check which island you spawn on and then right. based on that one be like okay i know that um this area has been explored on this island so i'm gonna go explore the area that hasn't been spawned and then at the end of the day i'm gonna leave a note that says you know needs more exploration or useless right. don't come back here uh, right. So that the next player can can see yeah. it and be like, okay, I should so, go to a different a different spot. So I guess the thing there is, I feel like in in order for that to work, I think the the communication tools would have to be a little bit more robust. Sure. Uh, and I and I also just think this is kind of coming uh, back to my other like big criticism of this game, uh, which is that it is just. It is very, very hard to tell one area from another because they all look basically yeah. the same. And uh, even one like street, even yeah, yeah, even like on a street by street basic basis. And and this is this is kind of a a, a thing where it's like I feel bad like harping on this uh, because uh, obviously this is a small team and with their limited resources they can only make. I mean I don't know how much time they had to make this game but they can only have so many different 3d models of buildings. But the thing that I ended up feeling is that, um, not only do you, did I not really have a, any sense of knowing which of the islands I was on based on just like walking around and seeing it or like, Oh, I'm on a different Island because, and I can see because it visually is distinct. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, like you said, on a street by street basis, it's just like, you know, there are three or four 3D models for a house, three or four 3D models for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a taller building. And then there are these sort of like uh, Greek looking, like, I guess maybe like <laughs> Greco Roman, like, I don't know what you mm-hmm. would call those, like sort of look like the Parthenon type. Yeah, they <laughs> structures. I think somewhere in the game documents they describe it as pseudo classical (laughs) yeah yeah um and then there's sort of like parks but uh, the feeling i got is that it's very easy to get turned around because yeah you're basically looking at the same 20 or so 3d models Mm -hmm. just copied out and and again it's like i understand but it's harder for me to establish uh 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 navigational uh like 
points of interest that I can say, okay, that's something that I is visually distinct that I can use to orient myself when everything looks the same. And there, there are mm-hmm. unique structures. And in fact, the one artifact I found was because I was like, oh, that's a unique structure. I got to go to that. So that, that here's the flip side of the argument is that actually having everything be made of the same buildings, except for when you find that building that looks different and you're like, oh my God, holy shit, I got to go get that. Yeah, uh, that is true. cool. It stands right? out. Like, yeah, that's that's true. And in fact, even though you had found it before me and told me what to look for, it was a serious eureka moment when I saw it because I had spent almost an hour wandering this island looking for it. And then I got on top of a of a of roof and I had been doing this over and over again. And I looked uh, I was like, where the hell is a building that looks like a church with two spires? Because that's how Blake described it to me. Uh-huh. I sort of scanned past it and I like I like literally had a moment of like I did a video game double take of like scan oh, yeah. past it. I was like, I was, oh like, my God, back there it is. <laughs> Dude, well, you should uh, see the building where I found my artifact because that thing is fucking wild. Uh, and that mm. that one was like really big. Actually, I think it might be in one of the screenshots or I, I can't tell if that's the same build that actually might be different. Oh, that is different. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it, it's because it, like this is kind of where I'm uh, at odds with myself because I'm like, it's just it, it really feels like stumbling in the dark when you're just wandering around in a way that I found to be pretty frustrating. Uh, yeah. And it's I, the I reason I didn't find thinking, another artifact is that it felt like I, d- it felt like I didn't really have the tools to like really successfully seek stuff out. Yeah. You know, I, I was honestly thinking like even just a mini map or something or like a, with like a fog of war thing that just like literally shows you where you've been. Yeah. Uh, just like a breadcrumb trail behind you. That is like, would you've, be plenty, you've already been here yeah. and it doesn't show you yeah. where other players have been, but just where you have been, you know? Yeah. So then I can um, like, you know, start, uh, getting and and again, it's like okay, but is are these sort of things that would make it easier to search stuff? Isn't is that kind of antithetical to what this game? Well, wants, yeah. So you know that, that gets to something else that I wanted to say, which is that I think the way I would put it is that this game kind of has two things it wants to do, and I don't know that they totally match each other because all mm-hmm. the things we recommended would help the sort of puzzle. Right. Um. Or sort of like or not recommended, but the things we've talked about are related to the the sort of puzzle thing which is kind of more of an easter egg like the game at the very beginning says there's no goal your goal is to walk around and right, sort of right. soak in the environment and so i think from that perspective um i think that the clearly the the level design um and the, the vastness of the world <clears throat> was um it was for for the purposes of of that aspect of the game where where mm. it's it's supposed to be you know taking pictures not as a way of achieving some goal, but just as a way of kind of like leaving a record of yourself. Right. And I think that that, um, I did think that was interesting too, but Mm. it was just a little, um, I was getting almost like, you know, gamer vertigo of like, of like, you know, these really tantalizing, uh, like little tidbits about, um, about these artifacts. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that puts me in, all right, I, I got to solve a problem, gamer brain. Right. Whereas the the sort of wandering, um, you know, that's I, a kind of game that can be quite enjoyable too, but it's a very different sort of headspace. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a tough, and, and uh, that's the thing where I just, uh, I feel like 
they're just enough at odds for it to not like totally click for me, but I'm still like, man, some parts of this game are so cool, you know? Uh, yeah. And overall I do end up feeling like that it's cool. Uh, and I want to mess with it a little bit more. Um, even if messing mm-hmm. with it can be a little frustrating. Um, and we, yeah. we should we should know according to the itch the world is procedurally generated so if i were a betting man i would say they set up all the islands put the artifacts and sort of the key um locations that are unique in each one and then filled out the rest with uh procedurally yeah. generated buildings um, i i think that's correct and that also you know makes it easier to have it be so huge because i mean right right like, i think big. i, like, I it think is 10 islands and each island has like six sub island more than six probably 10 sub islands that are themselves you know take yeah. five minutes just to walk across yeah i think i think that's the thing where i was saying like the resources you can kind of feel the compromise there is it's like i think in an ideal world everything would be hand placed because then you can kind of strike a balance between making stuff kind of labyrinthine and I feel like it would also give the cities a feeling of like being an actual place where people that someone would build and where people would live because they, they kind sure, of sure. just have, they have a very like proc gen randomized vibe to them. It they, they're sort mm-hmm. of nonsensical spaces. Um, and given the, the sort of theming of this game, uh, which I think is like pretty interesting. And like, I didn't get super deep into it just cause it's like a lot of reading, um, but, but the actual arc, uh, when I found the artifact, the like sort of stuff in there, I was like, Oh damn, this, this shit is actually cool. And then, um, there's another element that I actually, I'm not exactly sure how this works, but, um, we can talk about it in a minute, but, um, I'll say given like the, the, the theme it's, it's, it's got a very, it, it feels like it's got a, a point to make and by exploring everything and finding all the artifacts, things are going to come together and it'll have a sort of uh, themes that it's going to express pretty directly. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so to have that in like this, you know, procedurally generated world, you know, it it just feels like, Oh man, it's, it's kind of sad that they didn't have, you know, the time and resources to like build this out, you know, totally by hand and really like fine tune it uh, because yeah, you, you feel the distance between like, here's our really interesting, cool thematic idea. Uh, and here's the procedurally like randomly generated city mm-hmm. that kind of, it, it makes yeah. that, it makes the, it harder to feel the, those themes like totally expressed. Uh, if you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. I think I, I do largely agree. Although I will also say that the part of the, um, you know, one of the sort of themes is this kind of like, like like a uh, sense of of like awe right. at just the, the scale of the catastrophe um, right, and right. i i do think that part of that is um is strengthened by the the sort of like sprawling labyrinthine um uh-huh. uh uh a city you know it is like like we said when you do find something um the the sort of satisfaction of that is at least partially 
uh, inversely proportional to the amount of wandering you had to do to um, right, uh, right. To, to get to it. Um, but that so that does get me to so I did want to talk a little bit about um, we were talking a little bit before the, the podcast sort of about the the central puzzle. I did want right. to continue that conversation a little bit um, on okay. air because we did we did discover some things um, about <laughs> this game. So the thing that I didn't notice going into it is that there's I thought that you get randomly placed on an island and you do, but you can actually there's like a subway system and the game is this is one of the kind of most, uh, you know, cryptic things of the game, I think, because mm-hmm. you the the subway thing is as far as I can tell, it's always on. It's never centrally located. It's always on the edge mm. uh, of individually individual islands. So very right. easy to miss it. And it's not very tall. So if you are looking at it from a certain angle, it might be hidden by another building. And lastly, something that the game does is the, the rendering distance is not always. You can turn far. it up in the menu. <gasps> that would have been game changing. I didn't yeah, even check I, for that. I, I turned it up all the way to the max. I, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm that weird guy that looks at the settings before I start running the game. I should have done that, dude. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. Rendering distance would have been so helpful. Yeah, you can turn it way up. Um, Wait, so if you have it turned up all the way and then you go to the top of a building, can you see the entirety of the island? You you can, I think. Yeah, I guess you probably can. But, uh, it you know, buildings are still going to be behind taller buildings. And I sure, would say sure. it, it's probably not as powerful as you think it is. Like, okay, okay. it seems like it's going to blow the doors off be and just make changing. it like you can find everything with ease. But my experience was that I still there were still islands where I uh, could not find my way back to the the transit hub uh, because I just couldn't find where it was and I'd gotten yeah. like totally turned around. Um, so, so yeah, that's 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 one. <laughs> um, okay, well that gets me actually sort of to the the other thing I wanted to say. So one of the things you can see from pretty much any island it, the game spawns you on is this huge spiky black pillar mm-hmm. um, that looks to be on one of the islands. And um, uh, Blake, you were speculating that you can't go there and you can. Uh-huh. And I did. Oh, you, oh, okay. So you can go to that one. I just, so it, I just tried last, a few of the, the other islands on the it's, subway. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, so um, even that one, if you're on the island, so I went to the, the last island on there and, mm-hmm. and le- until you get close enough, it doesn't actually render the giant black uh, spiky thing. So I was like walking along and just like burst out of nowhere and was like, wow, oh, incredible. What in God's name is this? So I posted a picture of it in the discord, but um, I, I sent you a picture, but there's some sort of weird uh, oh, there's the cipher. That's message. what that is. Like, it's like a cipher of some sort. I might try to take a crack at decoding it. I will um, say I have found something that might help. What? Uh, I found uh, an inscription where it told me what it said. So you you would at least get the cipher for a oh. handful of those symbols. Oh, that's. Yeah, that might be enough. I mean, if you get a few a few letters. All right. That's often I'm honestly to, I'm honestly convinced that after we're done recording this podcast, gotta, you and I are going to sit down and figure this shit out. All right, we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do it. Yes, absolutely. Um, but so I, I want to ask you uh, about another thing, which I'm not really sure how this mechanic works. So 
um, there are these little blue flames that float around uh, the cities. And if you point your camera at them, they're uh, a little like uh, sort of translucent sort of like shade, uh, like a ghost uh, of a, uh, the shape of a human will appear around the little blue flame and they'll mm-hmm. kind of be doing little poses um, and at, at first that doesn't do anything, but after I found my, the artifact that I found, then suddenly there was text above those of like the people okay. were saying so or thinking it, it, something. The, the text was always there. You just have to get close. You I got be, really close. I guess maybe, are you sure it's okay, always maybe there? It's possible. It's possible. Some of them just don't have text, but I don't think oh. I found a single one that didn't have text. Maybe it's just that the very first one that I went up to, didn't didn't yeah uh, after a while i I stopped looking at them because they repeat themselves i think that well that's not entirely true i think they're unique to each island so that's that's the thing i was gonna say each island seems to have some sort of like theme like three or four different right texts and yeah um, which i think is really cool because then each different island sort of has like these are the people that live on this island and here's what they think about this because and, and it does seem to have a little bit of character to it because the first island I was on, all the messages were really like, uh, like, uh, for lack of a better word about class conflict. Like there right. was, there were ones that were, um, one of them literally said slaughter the plebeians. Yes. Um, and then there was another island I on, I went on where a bunch of them were talking about how people were, uh, kind of, Oh, so one narrative thing we didn't talk about is that, the the sort of government of this island seemed to be about some dude who controlled the water supply. That was uh-huh. like a, a big theme that's alluded to in multiple places. And uh-huh. in one of the islands I went to, a lot of the characters, the the little ghosts were talking about the fact that they were illegally distilling water on their own and that oh. they were afraid they were going to get in trouble for it. <clears throat> okay. So it, See, it, the- it, it gives it this sort of like character. And, oh, and another thing on that island were these like, these like watch posts. And Uh if you go into one of the watch posts, there's a little note that says these watch posts were for cracking down on illegal water distribution. So it's sort of like, it gives you, it sort of fleshes out the feeling that there is. Yeah. And there was like a, this is kind of something going on on the Island. Yeah. This is kind of the thing I was talking about of like the, there's some really interesting (laughs) thematic stuff that gets expressed across islands. And it'd be really cool if the islands like were visually distinct at all. Sure. sure. (laughs) So I could like remember which one was the one where that happened. Cause I, I I went to, so there's one where everyone's like talking about revolution, you know, like overthrow Mm. the autark who is, uh, I believe the guy you were talking about who has control over the water. He's the sort of like king of this, uh, empire. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone's talking about like, uh, blood will be spilled and (laughs) all this stuff. And then on another Island, uh, there's a guy just be like, I think I'm going to get a pool put in at my house, Uh, (laughs) but I'm going to have to get guards if I do that. And so it's like very clearly making a comment about these are the people who are disenfranchised by the system and want to overthrow it. And these are the people, the rich people for whom the system <laughs> has a lot of benefits. And so they're more than happy to keep it around, you know? Um, yeah. It, 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 I sort of wonder how much like, like does each, each Island map onto some like, like position in the hierarchy of these. I, th- I think they have kind of maybe not a position in the hierarchy, but more 
this is a part of the city where uh, people feel one way because of X reason, you know, like kind of a specific community. Yeah. Like this is the lower, lower income place. So Mm -hmm. this is where people are more uh, upset. And it's like, I think the thing that kind of bumps me out about this game is again, that like, visually there is no distinction like they all everything looks the same right yeah so, well i will say there yeah I, you're largely correct like the bulk of the buildings but they do there are they do sure have some true of every distinct, island but there yeah. usually is one at least one structure type that is right. unique to the right so like i mentioned those watchtowers i didn't see those on any other yeah and on there's any other island there's one of them that uh, has these like statues um Yes, that are unique yeah. to that island, um, but that's to me that's just that's not about enough. It, I feel yeah. like I, I I want the I want the buildings to look have a yeah, different look did. and feel to them. You know, I want sure. I want to be able to tell that if I'm in the rich quarter that like these the were nicer are buildings before they got destroyed. You know, yeah, and then maybe it's kind of more like the slums in another area. Right, right. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Yeah, it's just like, you know, in the areas where the people are supposed to be poor, maybe the average height of the buildings is much shorter. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, or some, you know, just little little shanty towns. Yeah, yeah. You know, something to communicate that, because if you're not going around reading all the things, you just have no sense of that. And again, it's it's it all comes back to like, you know, the limited resources of a, of a small team. Uh, so you, I can't really fault them for, you know not having that but it's uh you know just one of those things where it's like man what is yeah well we can <laughs> we can interpret it this way it is it is uh the the sort of lore of the world was compelling enough right that it, ma- right. it made you want that yeah every, which is uh, the, uh, the other aspects of the game were so compelling that it it it, it stuck out because it it wasn't up to the the level of uh of mm-hmm. intrigue uh, and yeah. sort of execution that many other parts of the game, uh, most other parts of the games even uh, were. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, man, this is this is still a cool game. And the more we talk about it, I'm like, we got to figure we got to go back. <laughs> yeah. Should I should I talk about uh, maybe I shouldn't do this on the pod because it's spoilery and people. Well, I, don't, I guess I don't know. People probably aren't going to find the thing I found. Do you want to hear about the artifact I found and uh, uh, the story sure. stuff around yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically I found the, uh, the site and the weapon of the, uh, assassination of the autark. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, and so it's like, uh, you know, you get to the little flame. I found this crazy building that I think is supposed to be like the, the Capitol building. Uh, oh, and yeah, it's, so it's like this huge build. I mean, that's the only reason I found it is because it's like this giant building and it's got these big guard towers all around it. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, and then you like walk up to it um, and as you're walking through, there's like more and more messages about uh, the Autar kind of like holding on to his power and, you know, like uh, being like, oh, the people need me. And then two of his closest advisors basically colluding to be like, we need to get rid of this dude because shit is not going to go well. And then one of them deciding to uh, to kill him and then they kill him. And it's it's sort of implied that either it's too late or uh, the problems are much deeper than Than one single guy. It's like it's like the whole system is. uh is you know it's already rotten. 
you know, hurtling toward yeah, yeah, utter destruction of the world. But huh. it was it was at the point when I found that artifact that I because like up until that point, I was kind of like, what is this game? Like, I can't find anything. There's not that much going on. And like sending a picture to the next person, uh, you know, maybe that's cool. But I, I kind of thought that was the whole game. And then right toward the end of my first uh, day, I found the church and that or not the church. I keep calling it the church. The, well, it like, does tr- look like a church architecture. Yeah. Yeah, the subway station, and then I took the subway to another area, and then I was walking around that area, and then I just, like, spotted, like, holy shit, look at that giant building, I gotta go there, and then the day ended, and I was like, no, (laughs) and then I restarted, and I was just right there, and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) I guess I can just just go back. Thank Um, God. And actually, when you find, when you get within the vicinity of of a artifact, time, the timer stops. So time doesn't tick down yeah. while you find it. Although, Presum- I, did you notice that the this the day cycle continues? <laughs> oh, did it? I, I didn't yeah, notice that. So you won't notice it unless you spend a long time in the artifact area, which I did. But the the day cycle um, seems to be on an entirely different timer than the actual game clock timer. So right, I right. I spent like that's funny you know, 30 minutes in there and it got dark and then i left i left i sort of gave up and and wandered somewhere else and it was like 10 a.m <laughs> wow that's funny um yeah i i didn't notice that and actually but, uh, if you play long enough it will the sun will rise again <laughs> there's incredible. a full day cycle incredible um what was i gonna say you were talking it, about uh i don't think it's on i don't think it's on the same train of thought if you if you had anything to add um, um I think I was gonna well i was just gonna say the so the the artifact that i found um well so to be clear one thing we realized is that the um only the first player who finds an artifact gets this sort of uh uh a narrative um as they find it like the the other players can read the narrative uh, in their journal but it's sort of like revealed step by step to the player who um who finds it first so mm-hmm. um uh just before we started recording i was uh part way through finding an artifact that has me stumped but the the one that i'm part way through finding the narrative so far is that there are these two people who are involved in uh illegal water making who the authorities mm. are onto them and they're uh they're worried they're gonna get caught so this mm. is uh what's um I, I think it was something like that i was uh i was so focused on trying to find the artifact that i'll admit <laughs> i was not actually reading that part very closely but but it was something it was something like that yeah um, i i think i think part of the the story in this game is that it's like it's all very like fleshed out in a way that can be kind of like it's so fleshed out that reading it without context, which you have very little context, you kind of just like don't pay attention to it. But then once you get enough context to be like, Oh, then I feel like then other things start. It's like, Oh, okay. Actually that's interesting. I should go back and read that thing that I was just kind of like skimming over (laughs) at first. Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I totally agree. It's sort of like the, you know, that's the sort of experience of playing this game just in so many ways of being like kind of confused and not paying attention and then uh-huh. kind of being blown away when you realize that there's, you know, there's more to it than you thought. Right, uh, right, right. Um, I did want to say uh, really quick, I 
Uh, I like the music in this game a lot, especially I like that it yeah. uh, kind of does the outer wilds thing of as your as your day is ending, uh, the they there's like a musical cue that plays of you know sort of the climax, you know this big crescendo of music mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Uh, as you're spending your last hour wandering around. Uh, I, I did really like that. Um, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And yeah, and actually now that I think about it, there are a few different ways this feels kind of our outer wilds like in like the <laughs> the sort of um uh wandering yeah, around actually, aimlessly. As you said that I was like, yeah. Yeah. Actually. Well I, <laughs> I I was gonna bring up the music and I was looking at my notes, and then as you were talking about the the thing of like ignoring the lore until you have enough context to understand it and then going back for it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's a totally outer wilds. Like, outer wilds, yeah. Yeah, like piecing together everything that happened. So yeah, it's a oh, man, this game this game is cool, man. Uh uh, I'm I'm excited yeah, for us to sit down after this and <laughs> and, and solve the the last knock two artifacts. Our, knock our head. I don't know. I'm not going to yeah. say that we're going to do that right away, but I mean, uh, like, well, we're definitely going to solve the one that I'm like 50 percent through solving. There's just yeah. some the there's some like trap door or something you have to go through. I don't understand it. We'll figure it out. But I do uh-huh. just want to say that. So out of the I forget the exact number, but it's like eight to ten artifacts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Blake already found one. I'm about to find one. And then mm-hmm. that will only leave one unfound artifact remaining. So if we do find that one too, then I got to say, uh, Edgeguard cast is clearly, <laughs> you don't, know. Listen, don't say anything yet. If we, <laughs> don't, don't we if, if we do it, then we're coming back and we're going to be, you know, riding high as hell. We're going like, to post to the dear future itch page. Uh-huh. We did it. The we podcast got it. did it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to record, uh, you know, like capture the footage. Yeah, record or our victory lap. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Anyway, yeah. If you can't tell already, this is this is a really cool game that's got uh some some drawbacks to it, but I still think uh, even after listening to us talk, uh, you should check it out just to like yeah. wander around and. I don't know, man. See if you can find stuff. Maybe we will. Uh, Maybe fail. you'll beat it. If you can beat us to the final artifact, then uh, we'll, we'll, have a, actually we'll have a couple cool. days uh, lead on you because, because we have because to edit the episode it. won't be released for three days from now. Uh-huh. But uh, it's a tricky yeah. game. We might not find it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hello, listener. Uh, you may have just been hearing us talking about how we're gonna come back and uh finish this game well we we did we did it we Jordan. did it <laughs> we, we did it we finished recording the podcast what like an hour an and a hour half, ago <laughs> an hour or so ago and then we both got on and we're playing the game and streaming and sort of uh troubleshooting it together so we um found the or actually jordan had already found where the last artifact was and then I was able to, I actually, funnily enough, was right nearby uh, and I yeah. kind of stumbled into it. And then it, Jordan was like, oh, yeah, that's where it is. And then, yeah, I was like, that's where I got stuck. And then using the camera, I was able to uh, solve the puzzle that Jordan could not uh, suck at Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get the the final artifact. And then after some more sort of fumbling around trying to figure out where we needed to go, we went back to the the base of the pillar where the transcription was, and uh, I saw the end of the game, uh, and it was it was interesting. So it was, I I thought it was cool. It was I I, I thought it was, it was very it felt very cinematic. 
Right, like, right. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. It uh, actually, again, going back to Outer Wilds, it like had a similar vibe of like having sort of a, a dramatic catharsis at the end mm-hmm. of all your sort of scientific in that game scientific thinkery in this game just sort of like uh searching and uh, digging for bits of lore um but uh basically we we got to the end of the game i guess should we talk about the specifics of the end um i guess i, I don't know how likely it is that other people would find it considering just like how much work yeah. it is which we, well i, I mean we, we can we, just give a, a bit of a warning here well i'll say this so the first thing is if you're if you finish listening to this episode and it sounds interesting yeah you can um even though the world is shared um between uh there's like a sort of set game state that everyone is interacting with um you can still go play it and in fact it um uh it it resets yeah the whole game reset after we finished it so we finished it so so theoretically someone else could have done it first we don't know we weren't even the first ones to to complete the mystery we're not actually sure if we are the first or if this is just the latest playthrough and we we finished this playthrough but if you're interested um you know go ahead and stop uh listening to this and go ahead and um and go play through it it's really it was really interesting and i think that uh i don't know if you agree but a lot of the things that we sort of had reservations with Uh in the in the um uh, in the sort of beginning part of this episode, I think that they, uh, the, I think that it paid off, um, a, yeah. as a whole, I think there's still, you know, it is still, you know, working within the bounds of uh, limited resources of, a, mm-hmm. of a, a student game, but it is, um, uh, I think the ending did not disappoint. It definitely felt worth it to, to yeah. finish solving it. So. Yeah, it, it was really cool. So so basically what happens is you go back to the pillar where we still don't know what the text says. We thought we were going to have to decipher yeah, I wasn't it. Sure. If that's I mean, it's it felt like real words. So like just yeah, the, my, the spacing and number of letters per word. So maybe my there is guess something there to is decode. that you could probably uh, if you know how to like code break ciphers. I actually know some people who yeah, know check how to do for, it. Yeah, it's like you check for you common, check for repeating letters and yeah. um letters that show two, up at two the letter end. words yeah a single letter word is always ira right stuff like that. um but basically we um actually now that i'm looking at it i'm like mm, maybe we could figure this out um so <laughs> so i went back to the pillar um because i just happened to be closer um and a big door uh, a big door closed behind me and a big and the floor slid out from under me and we went under ground to find uh a statue question mark of of sill who was the was it sill or whoever whoever was sill the uh, was the name of the, the yeah sort of the name of this yeah the autark um and it was sort of him it looked like oh, frozen as a Silnia. statue Silnia. it's oh sure named after him um and uh when you walk up to it he makes he's basically uh, blaming the destruction of the world uh, on the two, his two advisors that uh, co-conspired to kill him and overthrow him, and he's he's basically putting all the blame on them and and mm-hmm. and begging the uh, the pillar to uh, give him a redo, basically like bring him back to life and uh, and reset everything. Um, and so you you have that little story bit, and then you. Uh, a door opens up behind the statue of him and you kind of walk into the center of the pillar and there are these 
three cables and one by one you interact with them to, uh, I guess, cut the cables. And then basically what you've done is sunk all the cities that you've been exploring back underneath the ocean. Uh, and there's a sort of epilogue where uh, the sort of character who's talking to you at the beginning that refers to you as Pilgrim and talks to you mm-hmm. about uh, going in and your ancestors and stuff uh, says, oh, if it weren't for me, you would have drowned as everything got sucked down. And uh, basically that the, you know, that world is totally gone now. No one, no one can go there again. Um, which is yeah you know true mechanically <laughs> yeah and i guess the, none of this is selling the the visuals of it but the the visuals of it were all really uh uh really yeah it was really abstract and interesting when, we, when you walked down the stairs and first saw like just faintly saw the outline of a human figure that oh, was yeah, a, a that great was, moment yeah just that was like, very creepy um i did capture video of it so maybe i'll uh put that up so we can uh tweet it out for those who aren't concerned about spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was cool. And it, it had me uh, thinking back on the, the themes I, I told Jordan, I'm like, you know, <laughs> right after we did half jokingly, but only half, I said, uh, ah, so the pillar is capitalism, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. obviously plays a part. Anything where you're talking about like class struggle, like inequality and, and yeah, like, yeah. You know, uh, capital is going to play that's a gonna part. That's going to be a theme. It. Yeah. I think my take on it. So you'll remember one of the lines that says was something to the effect of, would it be possible to have a world not based on the pillar based on a rhizome? Right. Like that. So that's why I think that it's, it's not capitalism specifically, but kind of like hierarchy or like, I th- yeah, I think hierarchy, like in general, um, because yeah. because like a rhizome, if you're not familiar with the term, it's like a, a description of like the root structure that um, mm-hmm. like uh, potatoes and like root vegetables have where it's kind of it doesn't have a center and it's kind of horizontal. So right. it's a, a common metaphor for like a like a, a not hierarchically organized social system. Gotcha. Is, is rhizomatic. So I think what it's just supposed to be is like, and you know, a pillar is, you know, the ultimate hierarchical shape. Right. It's, right. it's straight up and down. Mm-hmm. So I think it's supposed to be like, like it's just sort of a, a, an image for any, any kind of like, yeah, caste like system, caste, <laughs> like society based on a sort of hierarchy of, you know, people dominated who, people and, who got you know, the stuff and people who need the stuff. Exactly. <laughs> the, like, top bottom you know the right. rich and poor or yeah master slave you know whatever it is right um and kind of just that in general yeah um yeah man what a cool game i i yeah i, I thought I, that was really cool i think um the the sort of inscrutability of it um i i don't know if i will completely revise some of the hesitations I had about it, but it definitely felt way more earned after having, you know, gone through the work of, right. Of solving uh, those puzzles and, and seeing the ending. Right. Um, I think it did sort of, um, it, it felt like it was at least if nothing else, it was felt very intentional, like a kind of part of the, the sort of overall vision of the game rather than just a, uh, uh, the way that I portrayed it, I was like two different games that are kind of right. like in tension with each other. It felt much more of a, a sort of unified thing in light of the ending. Right. Right. Uh, well, anyway, I, I think if, unless you have any more thoughts, uh, that is the end of, uh, of this. So we'll probably throw back to us talking about 
Okay, we're, we're gonna, gonna play next week. Play yeah, next so week. if you if this sounds very uh, out of place, that's because it is. Yeah, um, it is. We, we recorded it separately, but we just felt like we had to to throw this back in because it was such a a great ending. And um, and on air, we said we would go back and do it. So you know, never to disappoint. Uh, we did in fact do it. So right. uh, yeah, with that, we'll leave you to uh, me from an hour ago. Uh huh. Bye bye. So for the next episode, we're going to uh, be playing a game by the name of No Sidewalks in the Mushroom Kingdom. So this is, uh, you know, one of those games where I think I can't say definitively what it's really about till we play it. But the premise Mm -hmm. is that you are in the world of uh, Mario Kart and you uh, get in a wreck and you have to uh, um, then... Uh, I don't know, you get out of your car and wander around after your Mario Kart breaks down. So it's sort of like in the Mario Kart universe, but, but you're not It's not only in the racing. Mario Kart universe. It is using actual Mario Kart assets. Assets, like the, yeah. Uh, ripped, uh, it's got a similar vibe to that uh, Mario Kart, the Mario's Retiring game that we played. Do you remember that game? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, it seems a little bit less uh, bizarro random uh, than that game. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'm still interested to see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. And I think part of the premise is also kind of like, like a lot of these assets you, you don't think about when you're zipping past them uh-huh. in Mario Kart. And I imagine they look pretty, uh, uncanny when you're sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the game is in first speed. person. So yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be, it'll be fun. So, uh, no sidewalks in the mushroom kingdom. Um, is uh, what we'll be playing next week. That's by Ergman at Unitch. But if you want to um, get a link to that game uh, or a link to the episode once we release it, uh, you should follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, that's where we, re- um, we tweet out all the updates for the podcast, uh, new episodes, links to the games we play, uh, contact information, Twitter handle, that sort of thing for the um, creators of those games if they have it. So Uh, If you're interested in um, receiving those kind of updates, um, definitely give us a follow uh, there at HRCast. And then also, if you have recommendations for uh, games you'd like us to check out, um, we always uh, appreciate that as well. So um, follow us on Twitter at HRCast. No sidewalks in the Mushroom Kingdom for next time, and we will talk to you then. Thank you.